All right, we're here. Welcome to episode 28 of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you choose to listen to this podcast. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know, and we'll do our best to change that. For any further information regarding the podcast, go to versusmikehistory.com. What about me? I'm still here. I'm living my life. I'm winning. I'm dreaming. I'm inspiring. I'm silly. So, I work hard. I get mine. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now Baby, yo, 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 yo. I took a half and she took the whole thing, slow down we Baby, we took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town Baby, where did these niggas be at when they say they doing all this and all that Tired of beefing you bums, you can't even pay me enough to react Shawty come sit on my lap, hey. They saying Drizzy just snap. This in between us is not like a store. This isn't a closable gap, hey. Yo, 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 yo. Good people, good people, good people. What's poppin'? We here once again. Um, another solid, solid episode of Versus Mike History is upon us. Um, I'm feeling good, you know. This episode is coming out late. I just wanted to enjoy my holiday a bit. And, um... That's what I've been up to. And yeah, I don't know. But we got some we got some stuff to talk about today. We got some white people pretending to be black people. We got a movie review. We have um some new music that dropped and um some television to get into. So yeah, let's get into it. Actually, before we get into anything, um I got a couple shout outs that I want to give. I think that's how I want to start the episodes from now on with shout outs just cause get the energy up you feel me and uh yeah so i want to give a shout out to the listeners first and foremost shout out to you guys you guys are awesome um keep doing what you're doing and i'm keep doing what i do you feel me uh and i was looking up the analytics for the podcast the other day which i which isn't something that i do often but um i learned that a large percentage of the listenership come is coming from California. And I looked up specifically where in Cali and it said that Oakland is really fucking with versus Mike history. So I want to give a shout out to Oakland. You guys are awesome. Uh when I come out to Cali, if I go to Oakland, show me some love. You feel me? And yeah. Uh shout out to Jersey, of course. That's home. Um shout out to Essex County and all the other counties, shout out to South Jersey, I guess, uh, Central Jersey. Um, we're not going to acknowledge your existence, whatever. Uh, but I want to, now that I got all of that goofy shit out the way, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Triz. Happy birthday. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, my guy, Rel. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, two brothers. Um, I want to give a shout out to my homegirl, Sess, for moving into her new apartment. I want to give a uh, shout out to the homie uh, Jan for moving to Cali. Uh, I love that for you. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. 
uh, I felt like I wanted to get those off my chest. And I'm going to keep doing these. And I hope you guys send in shout outs. That would be fire. Because um, I would love to read off shout outs from other people. But yeah, I guess we could get into all the shenanigans and nonsense now. I guess I'll go ahead and get started with um, some new music that dropped. So one of the most one of the biggest releases of this past weekend was Big Sean's album Detroit 2. And, you know, it's been highly anticipated. Big Sean took a very long sabbatical off from making music. Um, He still dropped verses here and there and uh, Lucy's, but. Um, all in all, he was not really releasing music for a while. And um, now he's back with his new album, which is a follow-up to his mixtape from 2014, I believe. Uh, can't fact-check that right now. But yeah. Um, yeah, so Detroit 2 dropped. And, you know, the timeline had a lot to say about it. Um, a lot of people weren't feeling it. And this... These are all the opinions that I saw of it before I really sat down with it. This is like the midnight review, um, which is quite honestly ridiculous <laughs> if we keep it in a book. But um, it is what it is. So albums drop and people give their initial thoughts on Twitter and um, whatever. And people just weren't feeling it. And I, I decided that I wasn't going to like do the midnight album stream and i'll just wait till the next morning to give it a shot and when i listened to it um at first i I had some opinions so i think that his approach to the album is very solid um and it makes sense contextually in terms of a follow-up to the mixtape because it has the same format um in my personal opinion i think that the album is very dope you know, um, I think that Big Sean delivered. It might be one of his best albums, if not his best album. Um, but he delivers. And I think what shows the most about this project to me is that he his content has changed. And Big Sean has always been a, a positive person for the most part. But I think what changes this this go around is the fact that um, he's more transparent about the things that he's going through personally. And I think that layer of his personal life being woven into his music and him uh, like matching his lyrical ability with that um, makes for a better sounding project and a, a much longer lasting sound. Because one of the things that I've always had an issue with personally about Big Sean was just that, like, I felt like his music doesn't age well. And even though I think he's a fantastic rapper, um, he's of the best, he's with, he's with the best of the best, in my personal opinion. But when it comes to his albums, I feel like they, I didn't connect with them personally. But this album is different. Um, I'm not saying that it's like super fire or anything like that, but it's definitely a good album. And I think that what I think that a lot of people will appreciate it um, as time passes because it doesn't, you can tell that time was taken to put it together and 
that the tracks that were chosen, they're not bad songs. Maybe you don't like how you initially hear Sean rapping on it, but once you come to terms with how he's rapping, then you realize he's not bad at it at all. It's just it was just different for you. So, um go listen to Detroit too. <laughs> I don't know if that was any type of help at all, but um I think that is a very dope I think that's a very dope album. And I think that people were a little harsh on it on Twitter. But it is what it is. And yeah. My guy K Trinada also dropped the instrumental version of Bubba. Um that album is so still so good. It's crazy because it was still in rotation. But um Yeah, man, like so good. Let me see something. Like, this is just a vibe. Katrinata is good. Um, I think I saw Katrinata saying or Sango saying like he doesn't understand why uh, they don't get more album placements. And I agree. Uh, it doesn't really make any sense to me like why anybody, why it would be difficult for Katrinata to find people to work with. Like he is kind of great, like, but it is what it is. Uh, I feel like I say that for everything now, but yeah. Um, if people don't appreciate him, that's just gonna be the way it is. But he's a talented artist nonetheless, and he deserves his flowers. He deserves his credit. That whole class of um producers and DJs do because, like Masego and them, um, those guys are really dope, and I feel like they like almost have to break they break into mainstream through R&B. And even though their sound is definitely more melodic than um, hip-hop based, they shouldn't have issues finding hip-hop artists to work with and collaborate with. But that's just my personal opinion uh, about it. And, um, yeah. Oh, I also wanted to talk about uh, Hit Boy because... I feel like the last couple of albums that I, I I spoke about on the podcast have all had Hit Boy, like multiple Hit Boy beats on it. Like I know Nas's album was executive produced by Hit Boy. Big Sean's album had a couple Hit Boy records on it. And um even Brandy's album. I didn't talk about it on here, but that's an album that I keep in rotation right now. And um he got some he got some album credits on there too, like so shout out to Hit Boy because he's on a nice little run. And I saw something I saw someone say that uh no two Hit Boy beats sound the same. And after I saw that, 
I listened carefully and sure enough it's true as hell like he's so complex and diverse in terms of his production style and I don't know his um I don't know how his what his approach is but it's I would love to talk to him about that because the kid is talented that's a wrap on music though um what else we got i'll talk about jessica krug or whatever her name is um that white lady that pretended to be a black woman so basically the sequel to rachel dozel um I find it insane that this is still happening. Like, or I mean, I don't know about like still happening, but like, I find it crazy that this is happening at all. Like, what would make a white person want to pretend to be black? What would make them want to go through what we go through regularly? Um, I can't fathom. Like, and I, <laughs> and I was thinking like, what's more interesting than her pretending to be black for so long is her decision to tell everyone she was lying. Like what made her come to that decision? Um, her career was going well and you know, like she was successful and she, I don't think she was really clout chasing, but she definitely, um, was (laughs) moving in very nasty behavior. So, regardless um she's crazy like i just don't understand like it it, 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 like i'm trying to wrap my head around it and i'm gonna just pull out this clip and i'm playing i didn't think i was gonna play it but i guess i'll just play this this short clip of her talking with her with her fake accent sold my fucking neighborhood to developers and gentrifiers so i got a couple things to say and when y'all come on and tell me my time stops fuck out of here It's been seven hours. Not only did I have to listen to these cops and not just the cops, but to be honest with y'all city council members, you posing like you opposing them for your sound bites, for your social media, for your reelection campaigns. Fuck out of here. You've been supporting the cops in the pandemic when the MTA was strapped and you supported putting more cops on the MTA. Fuck out of here. We know where you're calling. Coming from and we know what these little photo opportunity bullshits are. Like, uh, I also want to call out this? all these white New Yorkers who waited four hours with us to be able to speak and then did not yield their time to black and indigenous Yorkers. Indigenous who New thought Yorkers. that they're us, but I guess they're not. Boy, you think that this sort oh of like God, shock- I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like, as she, she released a, um, like the, the, she broke the news with a post on Medium. And she talked about how she don't doesn't understand why she did this for so long, and um, mental health definitely plays a part in her decision to do what she did, and that she's not a culture vulture, she's a culture leech. All things, I mean, <laughs> I I mean I agree with what she's saying, but like at the same time like you're insane like i just um and i don't even think that this post is on some like i had a revelation that what i'm doing is nuts she probably got caught up and somebody who had dirt on her was like kill his shit or you know 
And another com- inter- another interesting component of this whole story is that these people become more successful after revealing that they are white people pretending to be black people because now people want to talk to them about their experience pretending to be black and how was it and you know what I mean like and it's just another construct diluting blackness in America and fighting against what we what we ask for and demand every day hate to get deep on y'all but like what the hell is this you know like what are we doing and and all it is she was doing all of this fronting and and whatever i don't want to say cooning because she's not black like <laughs> but like I, it it blows my mind honestly like it it truly is nuts uh and I don't know. I don't like I that's pretty much my whole take on it. All right. I said I don't know if I said this or not, but I definitely thought that I was going to end up watching Lovecraft Country for the podcast, but when it started everybody I don't know. Everybody's had such high hopes for it and not high hopes but high praises for it and I didn't necessarily think that it was being overhyped. I just didn't want to rush into a brand new show. And I didn't really understand the concept or the premise of it and just watch it and then be turned off or anything like that. Even though HBO does have a good track record and um, they've been doing really good with, with black shows, but I, I still something just, I don't didn't sit well with me. So like the first couple of weeks that it was airing, I just decided to pass on it. But this past week, I finally decided to watch it and catch up on it. And um, I won't. This definitely doesn't serve as a, a official review of it. But um, the show is pretty. It's it's pretty interesting. It has has very um, interesting vibes. You know, like I think that the concept and the premise is very dope. You know, uh, a slave master who practiced magic um, and slept with his female slaves, had a kid who carries his blood and now he can do magic as well. And, you know, like, I mean, like that's I think that's dope. But kind of the story surrounding it is is very confusing to follow and things the way the story moves is it's hard to to really follow and grasp sometimes but overall i think it's a dope show um i do think that um so i'm gonna give it a chance i'm gonna watch the rest of the season and i might do a season review of it and um yeah i feel good about it and now without further ado my review of tenant so First of all, I want to acknowledge that this is the first time that I've been in a movie theater um, all year. So that weighed heavily on my mind while when I made the decision to go see this film, even though it wasn't (laughs) that hard of a decision. Um, 
with everything that's going on with the pandemic and protesting and everything like that, um, I I don't know. I just felt like seeing this movie was kind of important to me. Um, I was anticipating it for a long time, and this is Christopher and Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors, and this is his first film with a black lead. And I thought that was very important. Um, so I was anticipating this film. And my thoughts are that it is a great film. It is very, very good. Um, I wouldn't say that it's his best work, but it definitely is a fantastic film if you can follow the concept. Um, which I personally could, but I definitely see how a ma- uh not a majority but a large part of this um of his audience can get lost in this plot. Uh I guess I'll just start with the description of this film, a description of the plot. So there is a main character whose name who just goes by the protagonist and he is looking for a device that causes the end of the world, basically, or World War Three, rather. Um, but this device has been sent to the present from the future. Um, he has to figure out how to stop it and everything like that. Um... This movie is a, like a spy film and an action film rolled in one, which are films are the types of films that I love. Um, but the premise of this film was lost on me for a large portion of the viewing. Um, not too much, but still what I would consider a large portion. I would say probably around 40 minutes. I didn't really, I really couldn't grasp what was going on. Uh, the action in this film helps put, bring the story together. And I think that, um, it's probably some of the best action sequences that I've ever seen in a Christopher Nolan movie, um, up there with the dark Knight and inception. But if you can't grasp on to what's going on in the beginning of the film, then once the film actually picks up and becomes um, followable, in personal opinion, then the whole thing will be lost on you. And it's, it's a little disappointing, but not too much for me personally because I can follow the film, but it's disappointing that everybody won't be able to share the experience that I had when watching it. The score was fantastic. Uh, Ludwig Gerickson, I believe his name is, uh, scored the film. Um, he worked on a lot of other things. He's basically the guy that people call when Hans Zimmer isn't available, um, which is hilarious to me. But um, 
he does really good work here. Um, the, his score helps you understand the stakes and what's at play and the the mood of the scene. And that's really important when um when you're watching a film because you know you want to you want to make sure that the that the music matches what's going on in the movie. Uh this movie stars John David Washington as a protagonist and um he it co-stars uh it's co-star it, his co-star, excuse me, is Robert Pattinson. And both of these men are fantastic. Um Robert Pattinson and John David Washington really are both on hot streaks in terms of uh, great films that they've put out. Uh, John David Washington just having worked with Spike Lee on The Black Klansman, Robert Pattinson having worked on uh, The Lighthouse and have and his upcoming project, The Batman, which is, you know, no, no small deal whatsoever. But yeah, these these two actors are are fantastic in their roles and they work very well together and they i don't know it's they they don't steal the they don't steal any scenes from each other um it's a very i don't really know how to describe it but um they're in sync almost uh with their talent i don't know i don't really know i can't like really put into words how well they work together but um you would think that these men grew up together like knew each other their whole lives um which makes the story very enjoyable because they aren't really supposed to uh well this is what i'll say there's a point in the story that reveals that their relationship is and as it seems and yeah um really really good story man like if you can follow it it's like the movie moves forward and then backwards at the same time like it's hard to explain like <laughs> um like there are parts of the film where people are moving backwards through the film while everyone else is moving forward but um yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, and in terms of Inception comparisons, um, I would say that the only thing that these films share in in style is the fact that they are they were directed by the same person. But um, the stories, I don't think, overlap or would tie into each other in any type of way. Um, if Christopher Nolan figured out a way to do that, I wouldn't be upset or if that was his intention, but, um, it doesn't seem that way from off of the first view. Uh, what else would I say about the, will I say about this film? Um, it seems as though that the story is set up to continue, which I think is fantastic because I love franchises, even though, uh, Hollywood can't survive on sequels and reboots. Um, I still love a good trilogy. And especially from Christopher Christopher Nolan, because his stories are very well thought out and um, thorough. So it would be interesting for him to move forward in sort of like a Ridley Scott Blade Runner type of that's 
with the direction of the franchise seems like it's going in. Um, of course, that's just my speculation, but regardless. And um, yeah, so give Tenant give Tenant a a viewing if you think that uh, it's safe enough to go to the movie theater right now, because that's also important. Going to a movie theater that has nice and uh, proper social distancing rules and has like hand sanitizer and things of that nature. And the theater that I went to did not, but I will not put it on blast because um, a black person has ownership in it. But regardless of it, um, yeah, this was a good movie. It was a really good movie and I enjoyed it a lot. And um, yeah, I don't know if I want to continue. I, 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 honestly, my film watching experience wasn't even bad. I think that the whole social distancing part of it is actually makes it better because you're not so close to people and um, there's less sound and other things of that nature that polluted um, movie theaters to begin with. Excuse me. But yeah, that's it for today, though. So as always, guys, uh, I want to hear from you as much as I possibly can. Uh, so send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and follow us on Instagram at Versus Mike History. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. This one was cool, you guys. Um, yeah, I feel good. And um, I was talking my shit on Twitter. And uh, y'all was gassing me up a little bit. But, you know, I feel really good about this podcasting stuff. And um, these shows are coming together really well. But that's about it. So see you guys.